1973, trailblazing poet and writer Margaret Walker invited 30 leading black female authors to Jackson State University for a pioneering conference and bicentennial celebration of her book, Poems on Various Subjects, Religious and Moral, the first ever published volume of poetry by an African-American author. 50 years later, the conference reconvenes. Hey, it's Paul Wolf with a front row seat to conversations on culture from Jackson, Mississippi. We call our podcast Soul Sessions. It's the people, places, and events that make the city with soul shine. Today, my colleague Yolanda Claymore is in conversation with Jackson's First Lady and Jackson State University English professor, Dr. Ebony Lamumba. Dr. Lamumba gives us insight into the Phyllis Wheatley Poetry Festival, November 1st through 4th at Jackson State University. We're celebrating 50 years. I mean, I mean, how does that feel for, for your department and for Jackson State University? Well, it feels incredible from my standpoint to have such a rich history that we can celebrate. Oftentimes we get bound up in contemporary narratives that can sometimes feel stifling, but it is always reassuring to know where you came from and that you came from such rich stock. And so it feels good to know that we've got this legacy of celebrating not only writers, but Black women writing, and that, you know, folks across the globe recognize Jackson State and our department and the Margaret Walker Center for doing that sort of work for such a long duration of time. You know, Dr. Walker is one of our Jackson icons. Just talk about the bravery that she had in 1973 to pull this festival off. I love that you describe it as bravery because it was exactly that. I mean, one, I'll say from a personal place, Margaret Walker is a beacon for me. So she walked the, the same proverbial halls that I'm walking now as an English professor at Jackson State. She was here for 30 years of her career and she chose Jackson. She chose Jackson State. A writer of her caliber could have been anywhere in the world with the mentors and the skill yes. that she had. But the fact that she chose us uh, means so much to me. And so she wanted others to see back in 73 just how special this campus and this city was and how integral and critical these spaces were to the legacy of yeah. Black women writing. And so it was brave to send out those letters because we're thinking 73, she wasn't texting anybody. <laughs> right. You know, he was sending these letters and her name carries so much weight. And from right here in Jackson, Mississippi, that these writers came to our campus, that they were yeah. excited to be in this space and see what she had built and also to see you know, really celebrate what they were building together with also paying this homage to Phyllis Wheatley, who is the foundation for any woman, black, white, or of any sort of race or nationality uh, writing in this country. And so it was brave to imagine that she could, she could pull this off and she did more than pull it off. I mean, they had speaking sessions and readings and plenaries and dinners. Yes. And I imagine some of the stuff that wasn't documented that they were just able to and love on each other the way their sisters do. Um, but we've got that uh, archival presence of the photographs from 73 taken by Roy Lewis where right. you can just feel the spirit of sisterhood through the images. That really guided me, Yolanda, because I didn't, I didn't know if we could do it. I didn't know if we could do it for the 50th, really do justice to what she built uh, 50 years ago. But just thinking about this woman who was a wife and a mother and a creative and a professor just like me, that she was able 
to do this, I thought, well, we, you know, we could certainly give it a try. And so she has been the guiding force and light this entire process. I mean, that's completely incredible. I mean, when you really think about the sense of time, just 10 years prior to that was the assassination of Maker Evers. Yeah, her neighbor. Her neighbor. Her neighbor. Yeah. And you talked about her name carrying a lot of weight. Her name was the reason he lived in her neighborhood. She vouched for him. Yeah. But, you know, 50 years later, we still have seven of uh, 10 living attendees from the original festival. That's right. Who were more than excited. Let me tell you, I was a bit nervous, right, to reach out to Alice Walker and Sonia Sanchez <laughs> and Paula Giddings and say, hey, what you doing November 2023? <laughs> uh, but when we mentioned what we were doing and that we were honoring Margaret Walker and that we were uh, not attempting to reproduce, but to uh, just really celebrate and submit what she had done in 73, they were ecstatic to hear that somebody was honoring that legacy. They couldn't wait to sign up. Even um, Nikki Giovanni, who had another engagement, mm-hmm. was devastated that she could that she could be <laughs> here with us, right? And so she's trying to figure out when else she can come and celebrate with us. So that was the kind of spirit that uh, surrounded that event in 73. And it stayed with these women. Yes. Seven of the, the, the living 10 said, oh, without a doubt, we are there to participate. We cannot wait. We're so happy you're doing this. And then it was almost like we were, cre- uh, you know, reconnecting uh, girlfriends from back in the day. So they were like, oh my goodness, she's going to be there. And uh, what is she doing now? They kind of reverted back to more youthful days on the, over the phone and over email with the excitement and speaking of some of the writers that we're going to have, we have uh, Jackson's own Angie Thomas, as well as Tony Stewart. I remember my cousin who attended Jackson State participated in a play for Color Girls Only. I think uh, some, it had something about suicide and the rainbow. When the rainbow isn't enough. When the rainbow is enough. Thank you. Which is, I mean, that's iconic, right? If you've yes. never seen it, stop what yes. you're doing right yes. now and find a production <laughs> of For Colored Girls. That That's part of the rich history, right? Like Tania Stewart, so many of her students are still on this campus as professors and mentors still in this community. Uh, she loves us, again, as a campus and as a community. And that means a whole lot when people who have had these decorated and who still have these decorated uh, careers think about the space that you inhabit with uh, such reverence and it, it keeps you going another day. It, it keeps you uh, and gives you perspective about your role and the weight that we carry and, you know, the giants that came before us. And so uh, we're really excited about that. But you mentioned Angie Thomas, Jackson's very own, who also grew up in the neighborhood where Margaret Walker and Megger Evers live, right? right Georgetown, right. a rich community in West Jackson. But we decided that we, there was no way that we could recreate the magic that Margaret Walker harnessed here in 73. But what we could do is honor it and try to take it one step further. And so we incorporated uh, the contemporary, the sort of new vanguard of Black women writing like Angie Thomas and uh, Nick Stone, Jasmine Ward, Imani Perry, Eve Ewing, these women who are breaking barriers themselves on the shoulders of Phyllis Beatley, on the shoulders of Margaret Walker and her contemporaries who are here in 73. And so we just wanted to kind of move it forward. We know we couldn't do what she did. We are not her at all. But we wanted to honor it by allowing these intergenerational conversations and really showcasing, look, Margaret, what you did. Look what you all built. And um, I get emotional about it because look, 
Phyllis Wheatley, the, the second woman and the first black woman to publish a book in this country 250 years ago. Look what you birthed. This community of brilliant and bold black women who are writing to literally save our lives. That's that's what we are attempting to showcase in November. And, and we can't wait to uh, embrace them here in the city with soul. I want um, participants to not only get excited and invigorated and inspired by the festival, but about the city that surrounds it. Margaret Walker was intentional about asking people to come to Jackson, Mississippi. And those of us who have been either born, bred or buttered here, we know how special this place is. My hope is that participants also experience the beauty and the poetry that exists in this city, in the food, in the art, in the music, in the creativity, but most of all in our people who are our most precious resource in the city with soul. That's Dr. Ebony Lumumba in conversation with Yolanda Claymore. The Phyllis Wheatley Poetry Festival begins on November 1st on the campus of Jackson State University. And if you haven't registered, there are still several events you'll be able to take part in. Look for links to those in our show notes. Soul Sessions is produced by Visit Jackson, the destination organization for Mississippi's capital city. Our executive producers are Jonathan Pettis and Dr. Ricky Thigpen, and I'm our managing editor. You want to know more about our mission, about what we do at Visit Jackson? Find that info at visitjackson.com. I'm Paul Wolf, and you've been listening to Soul Sessions. Soul Sessions.